Welcome, and thank you very much for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection for June 1st, 2022. This is my 115th Bible study and reflection podcast. And to say I'm humbled to be able to share God's word with you in this way would be an understatement. To those of you who have shared words of encouragement and support for this podcast, I am most appreciative and thank you very much. I've had many people ask me if it's okay if they share this with others, and my answer is always, yes, absolutely, please do. And my reason is, I truly believe that whenever God's word is sent out, it never returns empty. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Most gracious God and our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that reveals the good news of your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to meditate on your word often so that we may strengthen our relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Okay, so what does the word gospel mean? And how do you share that meaning with others? That's a question I've asked before. I ask of myself. The word gospel is used almost a hundred times in the NIV translation of the Bible. Before we dive into the meaning of gospel, I want to point out the meaning of a couple other words you're familiar with and you will hear in the readings today. And those are Christ and Messiah. While Christians today have become accustomed to thinking of Christ as the second part of Jesus' name, it originally functioned as a title, meaning anointed one. Now, to the earliest readers of the New Testament in Greek, these expressions conveyed the sense, Jesus, the anointed, or the anointed Jesus. The repeated use of Christ or the Greek word Christos, makes it evident that anointing is one of the most significant concepts associated with Jesus in the New Testament. Now I'd like to start with um, Paul's second letter to Timothy. And in his second letter to Timothy, written just before his death, Paul offered his final words of guidance to his young assistants. He encouraged Timothy to be faithful to Christ and true doctrine and to shun false teachers. He charged Timothy to preach the word with patience and careful instruction. Here is the reading from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of what Excuse me, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, 
they will gather around a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. And the NRSV says proclaim the message instead of preach the word, but the meaning is the same. Here Paul's basically telling Timothy not to stray from good, established, sound doctrine, as well as being prepared to proclaim this message to everyone. How do we as followers of Jesus equip ourselves to do this today? Well, our vision at St. Paul's is learning, loving, living God's Word. And our pastor in the recent past, Pastor Tony Metz, summarized the learning part of our vision very well, and I'd like to share that with you. And I quote, Our congregation is hungry for the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. We study God's Word through our home devotions, Bible studies, and other gatherings. We use BibleProject.com to deepen our knowledge of Scripture. We believe the Augsburg Confession informs our understanding of Holy Scripture. We attend worship together and give praise to God with our whole heart, mind, strength, and soul. End quote. And you know, as the folks at Bible Project say, the Bible is one unified story that leads to Jesus. In preparation for this study today, I explored many Bible verses to help answer the question, what is the gospel? The verses I'll reference and read today are by no means the only ones that help reveal the good news of Jesus. I invite you to do your own research of Scripture to help reveal the meaning of the gospel. I promise you will not be disappointed in your understanding of who Jesus was and is and your love for him will be strengthened. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, you will be equipped to share that love with others. The next reading comes from the book of 1 John, chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his only, one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. The word gospel itself comes from a Greek word, euangelion, which literally means good news. In the New Testament, it refers to the announcement that Jesus has brought the reign of God to our world through his life, death, and resurrection from the dead. The word gospel means good news and is explained by the following six key truths of the gospel journey. 
Now, this comes from a ministry called D2S, which stands for Dare to Share. Each one of these key truths are based on Scripture. And this comes from the spelling of gospel, G-O-S-P-E-L. G, God created us to be with him. And all of this, as I said, has scriptural foundation. And I won't cite the exact references, but I'll give you the uh, book and chapters. So, God created us to be with him, Genesis 1 through 2. Oh, our sins separate us from God. Genesis 3. S. Sins cannot be removed by good deeds. Genesis 4 and also Malachi 4. P. Paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. And that can be found in Matthew and Luke. Elsewhere as well, but specifically Matthew and Luke. L. Excuse me. E. Everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life, the book of John. And finally, the letter L, life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. That can be found in Acts and Revelation. Now, at the beginning of the book of Mark, Mark just dives right into the gospel. And this is found in Mark 1, verse 1. I'm going to read the NIV version as well as the ESV. The first one is the NIV. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And now the ESV version. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so there's the word gospel, which means good news, and that's the way the NIV translators translated it. And then Jesus Christ in the ESV and the NIV chose to use the word Messiah. And John starts off in chapter 1. This is John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And of course, I guess if you had to pick one verse in the whole Bible that sums up the gospel, this might be it. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God loves us so much that he was willing to sacrifice his Son for our sake. As Tim Keller puts it, Jesus lost the sonship that he deserved so we could get the sonship that we don't deserve. Now, you can share this verse and explain that God has done two very important things. He loved and he gave. He loves us so much that he gave Jesus to die for us in our place 
for our sin. He rescued us from our brokenness. We just need to do one thing, believe, and we receive the gift of eternal life. This is the life God desires for us. God wants us to have a life filled with love, acceptance, forgiveness, and purpose. And another way to summarize the gospel in four points is this. Jesus died in order to cleanse us from sin, one, and two, Jesus was buried to prove that he died, three, Jesus rose from the dead in order to show that he was the Son of God who successfully defeated death, and four, Jesus appeared bodily to many people to prove that he rose from the dead. Now, Paul also wrote about the gospel in his letter to the Romans. And this reading is from Romans 1:17. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Now, as I mentioned before, there are almost a hundred passages in the Bible where the word gospel can be found. I encourage you to do your own search for the word gospel. I promise you will be introduced to a loving, humble, healing, compassionate person named Jesus. Strengthening your relationship with him will change your life in remarkable ways. And the more comfortable you are, in your relationship with him, the more comfortable you're going to be sharing with others as well. Before I conclude, I'd like to share something I borrowed from the Bible Project resources. And I quote, Believing and responding to the gospel is at the core of what it means to follow Jesus. Through studying the examples of Scripture in the Old and New Testament, we see the gospel as the declaration of a new kind of king who comes to usher in God's kingdom rule on earth. Jesus was and is that king. He declared himself to be the fulfillment of the entire story of Hebrew scriptures. Jesus is enthroned as king through his life, death, and resurrection. It is this good news that we are called to not only receive, but also enact through our lives. We are invited to become part of this kingdom by trusting Jesus and participating in acts of new creation through the same sacrificial love demonstrated to us. When we live like Jesus really is the king of the world, the gospel becomes more than a casual announcement it becomes the best news in the world, end quote. Finally, I'll leave you with these words spoken by Jesus found in the book of Mark, chapter 15, verse 16. Now, he spoke these words to his disciples, and he is also speaking them to you and to me. Here's the reading. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father and Almighty God, you gave us your Son, Jesus, 
who knew no sins to save us from our sins. This truly is the best news in the world, and we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace, serve the Lord.